Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you today? I am so happy that you guys have tuned in because I am here with Jessica Gershman, aka the Zen Mommy. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm good, Wendy. So good to be here again together. Yes, me too. Uh, For those of you who are tuning in, Jessica and I tried to record this one time before and there was a power outage where Jessica lives and we had to start over. So this is take two. (laughs) Um, And I'm excited to chat with her today about her mindfulness tips and tricks and how each and every one of you guys can start being more present in your life. So Jessica, before we dive into our conversation, I'm going to share a little bit more with our audience about you. So Jessica is the founder of the Zen Mommy and the voice behind the Mom Slowdown podcast, as well as a passionate believer in the power of self-care. Through her work as a certified yoga instructor, an accomplished home chef, and a dedicated mindfulness practitioner, she has created a holistic program that supports women especially moms, in giving them the tools to create a satisfying life. Jessica has experienced juggling the demands of a career as a successful commercial real estate developer with the life-changing role of mom. And through her work of Zen Mommy, she shares her personal story of overcoming disordered eating, redefining her sense of self as a new mother, and finding ways to feed herself first as a foundation for a more more joyful and less stressful life. Jessica's mission is to reframe the idea of what a good mom looks like and give moms permission to show up just as they are. And Jessica, I love the mission that you are creating in this world, it is so incredibly important because I think that we all believe that we have to, you know, live up to certain expectations. You know, we tend to compare ourselves to other people, et cetera. So I love the work that you do. And so much of your own personal experience has led you to do the work that you do today. So would you mind sharing a little bit more with our audience today about your journey and how you have come to do the work that you do today. Yeah, thank you, Wendy, so very much for that beautiful introduction. Uh, yeah, I think moms can all out there agree that we walk around feeling less than a lot of the time, uh, whether it's guilt or shame or the just unworthiness feeling that regardless of what it looks like on the outside or what it looks like in social media, we're all really suffering with. Uh, and I was, you know, not abstained from, from that feeling, uh, you know, and it, life is a journey. I was a, I call myself a recovering 
perfectionist because you're always kind of in recovery. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you're never done you. with the journey, you know, the, yeah. The minute you start to like get better or, you know, evolve and then the life just smashes you down. You're like, damn it. I'm still working. This is, yes. There's never ending, but yeah, you know, I, um, I met my husband when I was 22 and he was going through a divorce and I was very fresh faced and started my career really young and a perfectionist. And, you know, I took on two little boys and my step stepsons at 22, 23 years old. So I was not equipped with the skill set uh, to come in and, and have this family and a career and uh, a, a new husband. We got married and, and two little boys and ultimately my own children, because I was still a child and growing. And I think if we all look back to our twenties, I'd like, I say, I wouldn't go back. I would have my 20 year old butt again um, and less saggy skin, but I would not go back and be, you know, 25 year old Jess. Cause she was a hot mess and just, just was really struggling. Uh, and I, you know, I lived through my husband's divorce, um, which was a different perspective than coming up as a divorced child. Uh, I really got to see firsthand what, the impact was on the boys and living in two households and, you know, as an adult person and kind of getting through that. But I was headed to divorce with, with my husband at the time. I mean, we were really struggling. I was struggling and my daughter was born in 2009. I was 28 years old and I needed a better way. I knew I was unhappy. I knew enough to know that happiness started with me. Uh, it wasn't something that my husband could give me or if a different life situation, or if maybe the ex-wife would just, you know, participate in some way, like none of that was really going to change my situation and my happiness. And now I had a young woman. I mean, she was an infant, but you know, that was playing in the big times. I think anybody listening as a mom, you know, having children gives us strength. We didn't know that we had. And I had not been able to get over um, bulimia, disordered eating, body dysmorphia, all the things that I suffered with um, from my late teens and early 20s. And, and just really everything that went along with that, that very negative chatter, the self-real, all of the self-loathing. Uh, and I stumbled into a yoga class and I guess I'd never really been, I would call it granola yoga. It wasn't my thing. <laughs> Uh, but for whatever reason, they always say the teacher shows up when the student is ready. And for me, I was ready for something that was going to give me the platform and the path to start to find change. And that first yoga class was an experience, uh, lying in the pool of my own sweat. Of course it was hot vinyasa. Cause I'm still like, you know, recovering perfectionist. And if it wasn't hard, it wasn't, you know, doing anything. It wasn't yoga. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Right. No, I didn't go into like you know, a really nice restorative class and have this life-changing experience. No, it was hard as hell and, you know, sweaty and loud and they were playing rap music, but I found a little piece of myself. I got a little piece of the knowing. And I remember lying at that first class and being like, you're not so bad. This isn't so bad. This life thing isn't so bad. Like you can handle this. And it was like the first time in my adult life where I felt life was manageable and that was profound. So that started off on a path of many, many trainings. I've trained all over the country from New York to San Francisco and opened my own studio in my home and was able and had the privilege to teach women therapeutically. Uh, and, and that was a really amazing experience because I really got firsthand knowledge of like, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and there's this collective universal thread of motherhood that unites us in our suffering, you know, for lack of a better word. I mean, it is, you know, unites us in, in the experience. And I would be very open and vulnerable in my studio and talk about, you know, what I was going through, you know, in my marriage or what I was going through interpersonally as I was growing and shifting and changing. And it never failed. Someone at the end of class was like, that really spoke to me, or I, I experienced that, or I had this loss or, you know, and it was like, wow, we're not coming up with new problems, you know, in today's day and age. And every, everything that we've experienced has already been experienced and will be experienced in the future. And so as much as it can be very isolating, we're really in it together. And I think yoga was that, that journey, that platform that really showed that interconnectedness and, and united me with other women. Yeah. And I have to be honest with you. I, I thought yoga looked one way until I took my first yoga class. And I think that a lot of people who are listening, maybe even think that yoga has to look one way, or they have to be a certain type of person for yoga to work for them. So what would you say to people who have these types of, you know, myths in their mind? And I know I was one of them until I tried yoga. And I, and I even remember the first time it was like, oh, this is what this could be. (laughs) So what would you say to somebody who has that mindset? Yeah. Well, I love the fact that yoga and meditation are practices. So there's not a mastery or an end game or a winning of yoga. I mean, I think at some point there was one way, right? Right. You know, and I think to remind everyone like medicine, it's a practice, it's trial and error. So there's with meditation, with yoga, there's no good or bad at it, but allowing the space for you to have your own human experience, your own personal experience. And it's something I say, you know, to stay on your own mat, like to really, it's an, it's an internal awareness practice. And we really invite you know, as teachers, you to go inside and be like, what's going on in there? How am I feeling today? You know, am I stressed? Am I tight? Am I tense? Am I clenching my jaw? Like we start with subtle things like, where's my breath? Am I short and choppy and shallow and, you know, fight or flight breath? Or am I holding tension in my body? And then we start to understand like, where's my energy? What are my emotions doing? What is this crazy thinking mind doing when the teacher asks me to do X, Y, Z pose that I don't like? You know, and we get to start to look at ourselves. I almost say we're kind of having this like ethereal experience of like you're outside of yourself looking in and being like, oh, you look at how (laughs) angry you're getting because she told you down dog was a resting pose or look at, you know, and you get to start to laugh and explore. And it really is a safe space to grow, evolve, test on. Like I got to test on kind of new personalities, new thoughts, new pathways. I mean, scientifically through meditation, breath work, mindfulness, and yoga, your brain does change. Like the shape of your brain starts to change. It molds. You can create new patterns, new pathways, new processes so that you start to see the world in a different way. The colors are brighter. You're more present in life. You're experiencing joy and connection with people that you didn't think was possible all because you're starting to connect into your own body and you're starting to live in the here and now. 
Yeah. And, and I want to talk more about that because especially those of us who have been through divorce or going through divorce, like we live so much in our heads, right? We have so many different voices that are constantly talking to us. And I know that there have been times where I have been doing yoga or I have been doing meditation where I do notice my mind wandering, or I will like start thinking about all the things that I have to do today. And it wasn't really until uh, a friend of mine taught me the art of mindfulness. And I would love for you to share with our audience today, some more information about what to do when your mind does go, you know, kind of down the rabbit hole of, of listening to other voices, your ego, whatever it is, and how it is that they can become more present even with that chatter. Yeah. So I think it's first to recognize our mind's job is to think all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's its only job. And so, you know, it's our choice if we want to attach onto those thoughts or stories or to-do lists, but, you know, we start to separate ourselves as the thoughts being a part of us because we get to consider like, well, who is thinking those thoughts? right? Those thoughts are happening, but you're also back here kind of looking at them and being like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I really believe that, or I don't know if I think that or believe that about this person, or that didn't really happen that way. But your mind's job is to think all the time. And so it's totally normal, natural. Everyone does it. Even the most avid meditator gets lost in thought, period. I mean, that's just the way of having a human experience. Right. What mindfulness is, is really about living in the here and now. And so this idea that life only exists in the present moment, it doesn't exist in our head when we're worrying about something that's happened a year ago, even five minutes ago, it's never coming back. Like that is in the past. There's nothing thinking about it will do to ever make that come back, to relive that experience, to have that again or worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. Even in five minutes, it could be later on this evening. We're, we're constantly worrying about all of these and create like these very dramatic and incredible stories about stuff that haven't, hasn't happened yet, that may not happen. I mean, because if we all know, life is uncontrollable, right? And things that we could never anticipate will happen. You know, we come into experiences, you know, we have loss, we have grief, we have suffering, we have collective human experiences, like we all experienced with the pandemic, where our little comfy life was ripped right out from under our feet. And we're like, okay, if you think you have some control in the external world, this is just the universe reminding you that you don't. You don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so mindfulness, yeah. And mindfulness is the tool to start to bridge our head and our heart so that we can start to live more in the present moment and start to appreciate the things that are actually happening that are really real. And when you realize in the present moment, I do this with my husband all the time. I have a story that I want to tell myself about him, about our past experiences, about some resentment that I'm carrying with me in my little bags. But the reality is in the present moment, he's showing up. He loves me. He's right here. You know, so yoga believes and would say that in the present moment, there's joy, you're safe, you know, you're alive, you're breathing, everything is okay. You know, suffering is what goes on in the mind. 
Yeah. I love, I had to write that down. I just wrote down mindfulness. I've never heard this before. Mindfulness is the bridge between your head and your heart. Um, and that makes total sense because, you know, I think so many times we don't acknowledge the thoughts that come in and what we do instead is we go direct. It's like we, we get in like the carpool lane, right. That's moving faster into the land of judgment. And then we continue down, you know, the story rabbit hole, instead of just paying attention, acknowledging the thought, asking yourself, is this even true? Am I, am I present? Right. And so many times we just, I feel like because we live in such a fast paced world, we don't allow ourselves enough time or even allow ourselves the opportunity to acknowledge or think about a thought. I think, I think I had read, we have something like, I think it's something like 60,000 thoughts a day, a day. That's a lot. <laughs> and, and, and some of them are crazy. Like if you don't want to yes. know what goes on in my head, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. Like I, I would think you would say the same thing that goes on in your head. You know, we can take a, a deep dive into shame town, you know, and be the mayor of, of Guiltville and, and not even realize it. Right. A hundred. Well, and I think a lot of us going through divorce, we live in the land of bitterness, resentment, guilt, yeah. sadness. Um, and we don't allow ourselves to enter into the world of joy and happiness and peace and love because we're just so focused on, you know, like you said, we're focused on the past predominantly. Right. And as you said, like the only time that exists is right now, like you're missing out. Life is passing you by. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that, you know, mindfulness and yoga and meditation is a big part of how you do get more present to what is here in the now. Um, and I also say that it is a, an amazing first step for anyone, especially us moms to make ourselves a priority. Like we listen to our friends. Why don't we listen to ourselves, right? We give our friends all the courtesy and compassion in the world. But then when it comes to us, we're the last person that we think about. So how can our listeners today take a step towards making themselves a priority and their thoughts a priority? Yeah. And I love what you said, you know, we hold on to this story about our experience because somehow holding on to this resentment or story is going to give us validation in our suffering or validating to feel some sort of way or being stuck, right. you know, or not, not happy, you know, what's well, because he did or she did, or right. they did, you know? And so the most simple tool and it's free and accessible to all is breathing. And it is so rudimentary and silly, but Yoga says, you know, breathing is one thing that we can't do in the past. We can't breathe for yesterday and we can't breathe for tomorrow. We can't do it in the future. And so just the practice of starting to notice the breath. And this is like, I'm just starting out. I realize I'm stressed. You know, you notice with the breath, eyes closed, eyes open, right? You notice you keep coming back to the breath as it's like an anchor, right? And so you notice, oh shit, my mind just went over here and I was lost for the last, you know, 30 seconds before I, eat, before <laughs> I eat, but you're not failing at meditation, right? You're not failing at mindfulness. It's just like, bring it back. I mean, would you yell at your toddler who's learning to walk, you know, and, and they fall down and you'd scream at them to get back up or they didn't do it right? No, we just 
bring it on back, bring it back, come back to the breath. And it is that simple. I've been using, you know, in my meditation, just the simple phrase of on my inhale, breathe in on my exhale, breathe out. And that is enough to acknowledge the connection between my mind and my heart, my head and my heart, and to bring me back into the present moment, because I'm just acknowledging the only thing that is really happening is right here in that breath. That's all that exists. And in that moment, I'm safe. I'm happy. I'm alive. I'm stress-free. I'm joyful. Anything else beyond that, right? We don't know what's going to happen. But I think what's cool and what yoga did for me and what meditation, mindfulness, even coaching is that we get to start to see what goes on in our head. What does that inner critic like look like, sound like, you know, feel like, you know, I named mine, her name, and she's a real bitch. She's got this really nasally voice and she's super hypercritical of me. And so, you know, everyone's a little different. You know, but we get to start to unravel some of these things that we've carried with us as a part of us and lose that really hard connection to that. Like, I don't have to connect to my inner critic, Jordan. I don't even like her. She's not very nice to me. You know, so when Jordan speaks up, I can at least be like, oh, okay, that's you, Jordan. No, I'm going to get back doing what I'm in. I'm taking a moment to breathe. Some mindfulness tips that I absolutely love. We have five senses, sight, smell, taste, hearing, touch use those to reconnect, take a moment, 30 seconds, each sense, you know, they're five, just a few minutes, check in with those senses. What do I taste in my mouth? What do I smell in the room? Anything can be your anchor to bring it back in the present moment and do it, you know, every few minutes, if you have to, you know, and, and it's a practice. And the more we condition the mind, the more we strengthen it, just like if you're working out in the gym, the easier it is to start to access that present moment, that concentration, more often. Yeah. And, and I love that. I, I have done that before where, um, you know, I will, uh, I will take a second and tap into all of my senses, right? Like, what am I smelling? What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I tasting? What am I touching to just ground you back into this moment? And I think what a lot of us choose to do instead is to just allow, our minds to take over, anxiety goes up, right? And angst and, and you know, all the different negative emotions that now are, are surfacing, then I believe also dovetail into poor habits that become uh, developed. And, you know, and listen, I, I know people who go one direction, I went a totally other direction, right? Like I started depriving myself nutritionally because I just was, I had no appetite. I had no this, like mindfulness, what yoga, what <laughs> like, you know, it, it is hard. And so, you know, what people start doing instead is they start creating poor nutrition habits, right? On one, on a very wide spectrum. And what I don't think people understand that I would love for you to talk about, because, you know, I, I love also that the part of you, like you're an incredible chef and cooking is a very big part of your life and also to your practice. So how can you talk a little bit to our audience today to help them to understand how nutrition does impact their mindset because it's, it's all related. And I don't think people necessarily understand that, that tie. I think there's the emotional piece, you know, whether it's self-medicating or depriving again, that piece, the emotional piece, those choices keep us in that place of suffering, 
right? And that right. some kind of negative validation that, you know, it was all worth it in the end and really you suck and you're not lovable uh, and your life is shit, right? So we make these unconscious, a lot of times choices to treat our physical body negatively, whether it's poor nutrition or eating processed foods or overeating or undereating or alcohol or drugs or whatever that is to numb out. The reality is like a car, like anything, you know, what you put into your body will give you what you're going to have out of it. I mean, easier said than done, right? It is hard. My best friend is going through a divorce and it's been the roughest year. And, you know, she's not even out of the woods yet. And it's as much as I'm like, and she's a trained therapist. And I'm like, come on, just meditate with me. Just journal. Can you know? And I get how incredibly painful and hard it is to just get up half the time, yeah. you know, and then to start thinking about, okay, now I'm going to nourish my body with whole foods, but we, as moms are very black and white. So if it doesn't look like I ate kale and I had a green smoothie and I had grilled chicken for lunch and I spent an hour in the gym, then it's just not freaking worth it. And I think giving ourselves some space to have gray area, you know, the first thing I would say is prioritize your sleep because you're not going to make any good choices. If you're running on zero sleep, you know, alcohol induced wakeups at, you know, two o'clock in the morning, which we've all had with racing hearts and, you know, you feel terrible the next day, you know, everything feeds on itself and all of that contributes to your mindset. And as challenging as it may be, it's like pick one thing and it doesn't have to be black and white you know, have a green smoothie at some point in your day to know that you're getting those vegetables. I mean, what we put in our body is going to be what's available to give out to others, to our jobs, to ourselves, to our friends, to our life. And it starts with the fuel. I mean, the same thing is like, if you're not going to have like a sports car and go put sludge in it or just pour vegetable oil in it and expect it to run, I mean, it's right. never, you know, I mean, we know right. these things. They're not rocket science. They've been around, you know, as we've started to learn more about nutrition and, you know, how the body works and how it functions. And I think it's getting rid of these very tight, confining, stringent expectations that it has to look yeah. or feel a certain way a certain and give way. yourself yep. the grace to have a human experience. And my mom used to always say, you do your best with what, you know, resources you have today. So every day, if you check up and getting out of bed is enough for you. Okay, great. That's it. Tomorrow, I'm going to throw in a green smoothie. I, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. Give yourself some grace, make baby steps, make a commitment to creating a better life for yourself to recover from divorce, death, grief, suffering in some way it starts with little baby steps and it doesn't have to be all at once. Yeah. And I love that because I think that we all have an expectation of how we think it has to look. So we just say, never mind. Right. right. There's days it's where hard. it's like, right. Or, you know, I don't think people understand even the benefit of like, it doesn't have to be a 30 minute workout. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. Go walk yeah. your dog around the block. Right. Like Get some fresh air being in nature is so healing getting outside and breathing fresh air. Yeah. Five minutes. I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. And I, you know, and even during my work day, right. A lot of people don't do this, but like I build in time between calls because I have to get outside. I have to get 
some vitamin. I mean, I live in Los Angeles, so yes, there's more sunshine than across the country, but like, it's not just the sun and the vitamin D it's also, it's the fresh air. Sometimes I need to like put my feet in the grass and like really root myself and just connect. Um, and just getting up and moving right is, is half the battle. It doesn't have to look the same way every day. And, and I love what you also said about what your mom said, which is that, and what I heard you say is that, our best gets to look different every day. And we get to stop being in judgment when one day doesn't look the way another day did that you just, okay, this was my best today and tomorrow's a new day. And having a positive outlook is so incredibly important to, to everybody's life. And especially for us moms, because Lord knows like we are, I mean, it's like, we are constantly, you know, juggling balls and have multiple balls in the air at all times. Um, life is a continuum, right? Nobody um, gets out alive. There's no pass fail, you know, and, and it's the one life we have. Why not make it the best life possible? You know, and that is being in the present moment. The more we're present, the more we can connect, the more we can be attuned to our children's needs, the more we can be attuned to our own needs and really start living a life. And there is so much joy in life. And I want, I think that's my platform of just giving moms the tools to be like, no, but you can have all, everything you want. You can have a happy life. You can feel good about yourself. You can give yourself a big old high five in the morning, you know, in the mirror. And, and you can do all of these incredible things. And it's not going to look the same. It's not going to look like, you know, my best is different and, and I fail all the time. And some days I kill it and I get a 60 minute workout in and I ate green vegetables all day and I killed that parenting thing and I got a <laughs> great email. And some days I'm like, man, I feel really down and shitty and fat and you know, I'm exhausted and all of the things. And both are okay, right? Both are having mm -hmm. a human experience. And I think giving moms, especially just this platform to be like, just keep showing up, yeah. just keep showing up for yourself. Yeah, just keep showing up. And giving yourself grace along the way, right? Like we're all we're all human beings. I mean, listen, I I've I've had I had a couple of bad days last week. My ex-husband triggered me last week again. Okay. I think last week was a tough week for everyone. I don't know what was going on, but it interesting. was interesting. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, See, everyone I talked to had a shitty week. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, last week was not a good week. Right. Um, it was kind of a but shitty week. But this week is different, right? Wendy? Totally I mean, different. It's totally temporary. Different. Even the really yes. wonderful things are temporary. As much as we want to hold on to them, yes. you know, our kids will eventually get up and move away. I mean, life, it's temporary, all of it the good, the bad, the indifferent. And, you know, it's neutral. Right. Yeah. I mean, I always say like, it's neutral and we choose to put polarity on it. Right. Like in, in the hell that I was in last week, I was like, okay, there is a lesson in this. Like it's going to show up when, when it's time. Like this is, you know, this is part of my journey. This is part of my path. Like this too shall pass. And, you know, and I think it's so important to everybody who's listening is that, you know, Jessica and I are here letting you guys know, like we have really great days and we have really shitty days too. And it's not all sunshine, roses, unicorns, and rainbows. There are moments where there's rainbows and unicorns and it's amazing. And there's days where, you know, I feel like Linus from the peanuts where I've got the little gray cloud that just keeps following me, but I know eventually the rain will stop. And I know eventually, you know, the unicorn can't stay with me forever either, but you know, this is this, it's called life, right? Ups yeah. and downs. It's just the way that it is. 
Jessica, I absolutely love what you do. I love what you stand for. You, I, I wrote down a bunch of different really great nuggets of what you said today. I always learn from every guest that I have here on the show. I'm so honored that you came and you stopped by to share some of your wisdom. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience before we sign out? And then I also know that you have a, a generous gift for everybody too. Yeah, um, so honestly, it's just keep showing up. I mean, these little tools of mindfulness are really free to everyone. They're accessible. You don't need my app. You don't need permission. You don't need a teacher. You can just keep showing up for yourself and it will get better. And you're not alone in your suffering. And I think it's important that we all are more honest about the human experience that we're having, because the moment that you are honest about your experience or your suffering or what you're going through, you give permission for someone else to show up just as they are, imperfectly perfect. Uh, and, and that's what I'm, I'm here to do. So Wendy, I love what you're doing and you're giving hope to so many through such a challenging and tough time. And uh, I just have a lot of respect for that. Oh, thank you, hon. I appreciate that. And I'd love for you to share with everybody how they can find you and then and I know you also have a little special something to give everybody today too. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at the underscore zen underscore mommy. <laughs> mommy, yeah, thank you. Uh, the website is thezenmommy.com. Uh, the app is the Zen Mommy. The podcast is called Mom Slow Down. It's where all podcasts are. Uh, and so for everyone that's listening that downloads the app, the Zen Mommy, you're going to get a free month. It's a free download and then it gets to $9.99, but we're going to give a free month to anybody that downloads the app uh, during the month that this airs. So amazing. That's so generous. I can't, I can't wait to download it myself. I'm super excited. Jessica, thank you so much for being my guest, for tuning in uh, to, you know, to just the rest of us outside who need your support and for the work that you're doing. It really means a lot. And I'm honored to have had you here. I've been a huge fan and follower of yours. So I'm really honored to, to be here with you. So thank you for showing up. Thank you. Of course. And everybody, thank you so much for joining today's episode. You know that with every single one of these interviews and conversations, I am striving to help you guys to gain one nugget of information to help you wherever it is that you guys are in your healing and recovery process. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You are welcome to share your feedback. What was an aha moment? What was a learning that you guys got from this episode, please, please share it with me. I love hearing your feedback. You can always email me at wendy at wendysterling.net. Hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day, wherever it is that you are sending you tons of love, light, and joy as always. Mwah. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know, or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.